Well, good evening. Uh, welcome. Welcome to Live at Five. Uh, if you don't know me already, my name's Paul. I'm one of the leaders at Kingfisher Church. Live at Five, we take 30 minutes uh, to look at a passage of the Bible together. This evening, we're going to be looking at Psalm 4. And actually, uh, this evening may well be the last uh, Live at Five uh, for quite some time. Certainly over the summer, we're going to take a break um, from Live at Five. And then, uh, God willing, come September, as we've said, we are going to be hopefully meeting back in the school for our evening as well as our morning services. Uh, so, yeah, uh, who knows exactly what the future may hold? Uh, the Lord knows and we can trust him. What we do know is that tomorrow uh, is the day where legal restrictions of COVID are due to be lifted. Now, how are you feeling about that this evening? Does it fill you perhaps with a sense of anxiety? Now, it's become increasingly clear that that day, long for day of freedom that was perhaps hoped for, presented a few months back, uh, is, is not going to be what tomorrow is going to look like. And maybe you do feel anxious, as I said. A hope has given way perhaps to trepidation. Uh, and maybe for you, it feels as though things are, are progressing a bit too quickly uh, at this point in time. Or perhaps you're feeling tired of restrictions. Now you're ready for life to get back to normal and it feels like things are progressing too slowly. But however you're feeling this evening, Psalm 4 has words of wisdom. Now words that direct us, words that direct us in our prayers, words that direct our hearts, that we might respond in a good and a godly Christ-honouring way. So as we come to look at Psalm 4 now, uh, let's pray. Father, that is our prayer that we would honour Christ, that we would honour you, or that we would honour the name. Lord, lead and direct us, direct uh, my words, direct our meditations as we look at the psalm now. Lord, show us how to apply it to the specific situations that we will find ourselves in uh, in these coming weeks in order that we may live in a manner that is worthy of the gospel. Amen. A psalm for them. Excuse the stomping upstairs. I think my kids are, I don't know what they're doing. Uh, psalm 4. For the director of music with stringed instruments, a psalm of David. Answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me and hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin when you are on your beds. Search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking who will bring us prosperity. Let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. While Psalm 4 is uh, something of a challenge, perhaps, to interpret at points, it's not entirely clear 
who's being addressed at different points in the psalm is the king addressing one group are there several groups now there are various ways that we could read that we could interpret that we could apply uh, this psalm we could apply it to a variety of situations uh, in our lives it's one of the beauty of the psalms it kind of gives us this framework some of the specific details have been taken out so we can kind of plug our own situation into it uh, but this evening we're going to be applying it to our current situation uh, with covid with the looming of the lifting of legal restrictions tomorrow as i said that may be something that you're hopeful for that you're looking forward to it may be something that you're feeling anxious about and over this last year we've been hearing this message haven't we of uh, hands face space as protect each other and yet we know ultimately our battle isn't won against covid now the law could just remove covid in one day instantly like that he could remove all sickness like that and one day he will see the real battle that is going on is a battle within our hearts a battle for lordship and as legal restrictions are lifted you know we do need to be considerate hands face space and protect one another but the real question that we're considering this evening is how do we protect our hearts how are we going to protect our hearts and following the structure of this psalm we're going to take that covid slogan of hands face and space uh, and we're just going to rearrange it slightly with the structure of this psalm how do we protect our hearts well remember space hands and face those are kind of a, a, a guide for what we're looking at this evening space hands and face to begin then with space have a look with me at verse one so psalm four we're told it's a psalm of david and we considered last week you know we're not kings necessarily in the same way that that david is we don't have a kingdom in that way and yet in christ we've been given this kingly calling and in christ this psalm of david it becomes our psalm it becomes your psalm and this kingly petition becomes our it becomes your petition answer me when i call my righteous god give me reliefs relief from my distress have mercy on me and hear my prayer give me relief from my distress or more literally in a narrow place give me space give me a large place in this narrow place lord give me space now at times our hearts feel overwhelmed and i'm sure you've experienced all manner of emotions over these last 18 months uh, emotions of hope but stress anxiety at times if only our thoughts would socially distance from us and these pressures of life they squeeze in on us and we can feel caught in a narrow place and yet god is the god who gives space now relief from distress it can come in all manner of ways sometimes god takes away that situation he brings a change to that situation that is causing that distress it's a way that maybe we experience space at other times a situation doesn't change but we're given space in that situation we are freed from the distress even in the midst of our circumstances that seems to be something of what's going on here in this psalm now one day now everything that causes distress that causes pain that causes anguish is going to be done away with 
when Jesus returns with the inauguration fully of the new creation, when we experience that in its completeness. And yet even now, even in the hardships of life, even in that pressing times, in the distress, God is one who gives us space. And he makes the narrow place into a large space. Now, some of the, the wording of this psalm in some other translations is expressed as a as a testimony rather than a petition. So it reads, you have made a narrow place large. There's a guarantee in this prayer. Now, there's not necessarily any guarantee that God is going to change the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Now, in his infinite love and wisdom, God knows what is best for us. And we we ask, we seek, we trust, we wait. And yet God will give us space. He will give us the space we need. God is the one who frees us from our distress, even when we're in the midst of of a distressing situation. And so there's great confidence in this prayer. This prayer to God of my righteousness. That God is the one who is righteous. He is faithful. And it could also speak of our relationship with God. That in Christ, that we are declared righteous. There is a certainty that we have. That the Father hears us because of the work of Christ. And God is merciful. He is gracious. And so tonight, if you feel hemmed in, if you feel caught in a a narrow place, whether that's through anxiety, whether that's through frustration, then pray this prayer. Now pray this prayer because God, he is and he is the one who makes a narrow place into a place of space. Space. Verse one. But also remember hands. Verses two to five. Now, at this point in the psalm, the psalmist turns to address people. In verse two, how long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. And the term here that's used of people is used in other psalms to refer to specific people, those who have influence, those who have power. And so the quotation in verse two is really, how long will you influencers turn my glory to shame? Now in the previous Psalm, Psalm three, David there speaks of the Lord being his glory. So when we're wondering here in Psalm four, what's it mean turning glory into shame? We might say, well, Psalm 4 then is speaking of people turning from the Lord. The Lord is David's glory. And whilst in a big sense, in a big picture, I think that's certainly true. I think there may also be a little more nuance here. If you remember back to last week, if you were listening last week, we we considered how the king was this picture in many ways of what Adam was meant to be. That humanity is crowned with glory and with honour to take the words from Psalm 8. And then in Romans 1, we read of humanity exchanging the glory of God for the worship of idols. The glory of God, this God-given calling, this commission to humanity to be his image bearers, to, to rule and reign creation in accordance with God's goodness and God's wisdom, to rule and reign 
under the rule of God. And yet that is rejected in favor of submitting to being ruled by these images of creation, these idols. And glory is exchanged for shame. And it seems that the same story has been repeated here with David in Psalm 4. Now, during the reign of David, during the period of the kings, God had restored something of that glory that he had given to humanity. And he gave it to the kings of Israel that they were to, to rule and reign in that manner. And yet David says the influential people, they're rejecting this in favor of false gods. Yes, ultimately, it's a rejection of the Lord. And yet this rejection is expressed through a rejection of bearing God's image. Now, and that's something that we see today, isn't it? And one of the manifestations of rejecting the Lord is rejecting any distinction between humanity created in God's image and the rest of creation, the rest of the animal kingdom. It's rejection of God-given glory when it says that, that that role to be God's image bearers, that that means nothing. Humanity is just the same as any other mammal. That perhaps uh, is a bit of a sidetrack. Let's just get get back on because we, we may then ask ourselves, well, who are these people of influence today? Or perhaps a better question to ask is what are the influential voices that surround us today? And there are misleading voices all around us that we are exposed to every day. Now, in terms of COVID, that's not to say that COVID is a conspiracy, that it's all made up, that it's a myth. Now, I'm aware certain people hold that view, not that I'm aware of it at Kingfisher Church. Uh, now isn't the place to go into a discussion of those views. And that's not what I mean by misleading voices that surround us. But pretty much every report that we have heard on COVID over the last 18 months has been misleading why because god is not mentioned god is not considered god is taken out of the picture see hospitalization figures and and infection rates vaccine vaccine effectiveness those statistics they may be true enough but they only tell part of the picture god is not considered god is not brought into the story and the mercy and grace of God in Christ is not factored into any of these future projections that we hear. So the influential voices of the media, they only present us with part of the picture. It's not that necessarily what they're presenting us with isn't true. Sometimes that's the case. But even at their best, they only present us with part of the story. But when a part is presented as the whole, then it becomes misleading. And so we have these influential voices that, that offer us hope, that offer us a hope that is aside from God. They become delusional. They turn to these false gods like we read here in the psalm. You know, our hope was never and should never have been in a vaccine. Our hope is in God who makes a vaccine effective. And it's in the midst of these influential, misleading voices that Psalm 4 declares, verse 3, 
Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. The Lord hears when I call to him. Now these idols, many idols that we can be tempted to turn to, are helpless to save. So we may ask, how then? Now how is the earth to be subdued? How is there to be order? How are we to experience order in the midst of chaos? Well, it's through the one the Lord sets apart. As we've considered, David as a king, he's to reflect something of humanity's original calling. Humanity was set apart, set apart from the rest of creation, made in God's image to rule and to reign through this dependence upon the Lord, on his wisdom, on his goodness. Now, Adam failed in that calling. Ultimately, David comes to fail in that calling. The kings of Israel fail. Israel herself failed. And yet God became one of us. Jesus Christ. Now the true Israel. The true son of God. The second Adam. The true king. And Jesus defeated the powers that held us in captivity. Triumphing over them by the cross. Now he forgave us the debt of our sin. And reconciling us uh, to God the Father. Through his death on the cross. Raising us to new life through his resurrection as we consider this morning christ is the answer to the chaos to the depravity and in him this new humanity is created this kingly commission we saw in matthew 28 this morning the kingly commission that was given to to adam that was given in part to people like david is restored is given to the people of god In Christ, the kingly commission is restored. In Christ, these words of David, the king, become our words. In Christ, we can know for certain that the Father hears us when we call. And the answer is never to be found in the voices that we hear that surround us, but in the fact that God hears when we call. And so then verses four and five, tremble and do not sin when you are on your beds. Search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. And these verses could be translated in a number uh, of ways. Now, if this is a word to those who are trusting in false gods, it has a sense of repent, tremble, fear the Lord, turn from these false gods, stop sinning and put your trust in the Lord. An alternative translation that comes from the Greek text you may see in the footnotes on your Bible is in your anger do not sin which is a wording Paul picks up in Ephesians 4 and in many ways that just tightens or perhaps makes specific a form of repentance. Perhaps David was originally addressing those who were angry at the present situation They may still be addressed to those who are powerful, to the influencers, but in in their anger at the present situation, they responded by turning to idols, not trusting in the Lord. And instead of offering the sacrifices of the righteous, they offered pagan sacrifices. And so in your anger, do not sin. 
Because anger in itself isn't necessarily a bad thing. And there's an odd phrase in Mark 1, Mark's gospel, where a, a leper comes to Jesus uh, and just before Jesus heals him, it describes Jesus as being indignant. Uh, and it only makes sense that he's indignant at, at the situation. And then certainly later in Mark 3, Jesus is angry at those as he looks around uh, at these people who would seek to stop him from making a man whole on the Sabbath. And when we are faced with suffering, now when we are faced with sin and the brokenness of this world, apathy just isn't a godly response. Anger is the appropriate response. It's a right reaction. Anger says this situation is not right. This is not the way that things should be. And yet our response to that reaction can be constructive or it can be destructive. Now it can be constructive as we seek to address the situation God's way, or it can be destructive when we seek to address it our way. In your anger, do not sin. It's not wrong to feel anger at the situation we find ourselves in, in this pandemic with COVID. But how are you going to respond? See, destructive anger is one that just takes matters into our own hands and it becomes about making ourselves feel better. And perhaps one of the low level ways that that happens, something that we aren't always aware of, is just through grumbling and complaining. And yet throughout the scripture, the grumbling and complaining is seen as a sign, as an indication that we're not trusting in the Lord. And in our tendency to grumble and to complain when, when things don't go our way, ultimately what it reveals is that we're trusting in ourselves. We think we know best. We say we grumble and we complain because it makes ourselves feel better, but it's because we think we know what the best thing that should be done. And whether that is, you know, on trivial things like football and which players should be played at which point, or whether in higher stakes. We grumble, we complain, because we think we have the answer. Our anger might get expressed in more volatile ways, in lashing out. And again, as we dig down to that root, it's because we think we know what is best, so we'll be tied anyone who gets in our way, because we are trying to sort this situation out. It becomes a destructive anger. In your anger, do not sin. On your bed, search your hearts. And in other Psalms, you know, the bed is this place of contemplation. To reflect what is going on in your heart. What are your reactions revealing? What is it? Who is it you are trusting in? What then does it look like to respond with a constructive anger? Verse 5, offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Now, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 16, it describes what spiritual sacrifices look like. Well, what are these sacrifices of the righteous for us? 1 Peter 2, 16, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. 
Don't take matters into your own hands. Commit the situation. Commit your life into the Lord's hands. Trust the Lord because he cares for you. Commit it into God's hands. As we've considered space, hands. Finally, verses six to eight, we turn to face. And the words of this psalm now turn back to the Lord in this expression of trust. Many, Lord, are asking who will bring us prosperity. Isn't that the cry of many people at this point in time? Who's going to bring us prosperity? Where is happiness to be found? In one, the words of one translation, it expresses this as just for, oh, for good days. Where are those good days to be found? And with the lifting of legal restrictions tomorrow, there's a greater temptation to pursue happiness in created things. Now, okay, I don't imagine many people uh, from Kingfisher Church are going to be queuing up to go clubbing and looking for their fulfillment and their happiness and their joy in the clubbing scene. And yet, as things open up tomorrow, there's this marketplace of opportunities that opens up for us things that we could look to. Now, as a source of our happiness and our joy. And a change in circumstances is always going to bring with it new temptations. That might be the temptation to be carefree. Now, eat and drink for tomorrow we die. It might be the temptation to just isolate ourselves and lock ourselves away. Where then we need to ask, where is Prosperity, where is happiness to be found? Verse 6 tells us, let the light of your face shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. Seek the Lord's face. Here today, whether you are in Little Paxton, now, whether you're in Cambridge or whether you're in London, the light of the sun brings you warmth. Now, it doesn't really matter whether you're on a busy London street now, or whether you're in the peace and the tranquility of Little Paxton Nature Reserve. Now, you feel that warmth as the sun shines on you. It doesn't matter what's going on around you. It doesn't matter where you are. You feel that warmth as the sun shines on you. And when the light of God's face shines on us, our hearts are filled with joy. Doesn't matter where we are, doesn't matter what our circumstances are, doesn't matter what we're experiencing. As another translation of verse 7 puts it, Now you've put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. So the joy that others seek through their prosperous circumstances, in this case here, uh, in the psalm, grain and wine, which was a cause for great joy. Now, in those things that people look for, for reasons for joy and for happiness, it just cannot compare to the joy that the Lord gives. And the joy of the Lord it is not dependent upon our circumstances. Now, that's not to say that we become anti-change as Christians, that we just ignore our circumstances completely. Now, Scripture teaches if there's an opportunity for you to change your circumstances for the better in a godly way, 
you're free to take it. Yeah, but know that your joy and your happiness is not dependent upon that. It's not dependent upon your circumstances. And we invest so much time and, and energy in changing our circumstances. And that pursuit of joy and happiness. If only we would invest that time and that energy in seeking the Lord's face. In seeking Christ. See, and then we need not fear what tomorrow brings. In peace I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. But tomorrow, as legal restrictions lift, I'm sure in many contexts we're still going to be asked to remember hands, face, space. But let's also remember Psalm 4. Space, hands and face. And when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel hemmed in, ask the Lord for the space that he gives. Commit your circumstances, commit your life into the Lord's hands and seek his face. Let's do that now. Father, we thank you that in your mercy, Lord, that your glory has shone in our lives, in the face of Christ. Lord, we pray that whatever tomorrow, whatever future weeks hold, Lord, that we would remember, Lord, that we are to seek your face. Lord, in your presence there is great joy. As we feel hemmed in as we feel pressurized perhaps by thoughts that are going through our mind by by things that are happening around us father remind us that we are to commit all things into your hands Lord, for you are the god who makes a narrow place into a broad space amen thank you for joining us uh, this evening live at five as i said this is the last live at five certainly uh, for a good while um if after listening to this you want to reflect further once again in the description uh, below there is a link to a song uh, the lord is my salvation now may you know uh, the joy that comes through jesus christ in the coming days weeks months years throughout your life may the lord bless you and keep you May, his make, his make, may he make your, his face to shine on you and to give you peace. Amen.